Hey, so this was a special treat. This one uh, is a live show. It's a, what would you call it? A speaking engagement uh, that I was asked to come down and partake in with the lovely people at the Open Minds Conference in Dooley's Hotel in Waterford. Now, this uh, happened in November and uh, the show has been available for Patreon people for a while, as is all the other stuff. It's, if you're Patreon, you get it early. But um, yeah, Trevor and, and John and the, the folks at Open Minds, uh, I was down there two years ago and, and they wanted me back again this year. Um, it, was, it was a strange vibe. There was a strange vibe this year. Some protesters were down on Friday and they fucking called in a bomb threat on the Friday. The whole thing went on for the whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Imagine, called in a bomb threat. Um, they were protesting against uh, a, a man who was, um, how would you say it now? A man who was partaking in uh, the imbibement of certain materials that they fundamentally disagree with. And in order to, I guess, make the world a better place, they wanted to stifle his speech and his ability to even discuss these matters in Ireland, uh, which I don't agree with, but it's a whole other story for a whole other day. Crazy good time in Waterford. So many interesting people, uh, met loads of great people, made some great contacts, and there's news coming from the people that I met. These meetings are bearing fruit, and I'll tell you that again another time. We got to do a whole lot of stuff that weekend and met a lot of cool people, and this particular talk, this live show, as I call it, uh, is just over an hour, and it's me talking about uh, internet censorship, real conspiracies, like conspiracies that have actually happened that are definitely really, truly real. <laughs> uh, my my remit for this was a conspiracy fact. It was in quotes. Um, so it was just talking about shit that really happened. Do you know? Um, Jimmy Savile. That, that can't really happened. And so I get to discuss it in front of people who don't usually get this kind of tone. They don't usually get this kind of how would you say it? they don't get this flavor of the content it's just still the same meat it's still chicken but it's got some spice on it um yeah they don't usually get it like this so some of the laughs at the start were quite reluctant but then uh it turned into like a lovely vibe and everyone had a really good time and i ended up getting a little standing ovation at the end which swelled my heart i was fucking delighted with myself um and they're such lovely people and so so welcoming and understanding Obviously, because of Open Minds. So yeah, all the information from the Open Minds Conference, if you want to find out and, and try and get to it next year, will be in the description. And uh, I have a video version of this that's on the BitChute channel, bitshoot.com slash guys. because fuck YouTube is why. Uh, I'll be starting a Vimeo channel very soon as well, and this show will be removed from the uh, main feed. So if you're listening to this now, it might not be there in a few weeks, so download it if you want to keep it. And if not, and you want to support the show, you can head to Patreon. Patreon have had this for a while. Um, they've been listening to it over there. So, yeah, go uh, go enjoy this. Uh, have a great Christmas. And uh, new shows are coming all the time. Keep your eye out on the feed. And thanks for listening. Okay, here's the Open Minds Conference. Enjoy. Okay, so our next speaker is Gordon Rochford of Those Conspiracy Guys. 
And those conspiracy guys have a podcast, wonderful podcast that gets a many million downloads. Uh, over a million a month. And it's 20 over a million a month. And if you haven't heard them, get on to them, listen to them. It's a great way to pass a couple of hours. The podcast goes on for about two, three, four, five hours, right, more. Six, seven, eight. And the only way I can describe them is it's great because they take on every different conspiracy known to man and they go through it with a fine tooth comb, but they do it in a very lighthearted way with a sense of humor because having a sense of humor is very important as well to open minds. You can't be too serious all the time, too. So he follows in the footsteps for me of the great George Carlin and Bill Hicks. I might die at 36 of pancreatic cancer. <laughs> yeah. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Gordon Rochford. Give him a welcome, please. Thank you. Thanks. And. Uh, Keep the applause going for Trevor and the Open Minds team because they faced some adversity over the last while and uh, I really appreciate them asking me to come down here for a second time. So thanks very much, Trevor, lads. Um, yeah, my name is Gordo. Everybody can hear me, yeah? All right, cool. Who has heard the podcast before? Hands up like in school. One, two, three. Oh, that's, yeah, all right, cool. Um, so yeah, we're going to be here for about six hours, uh, the next presentation. <laughs> I'm not great at PowerPoints. I've seen the lads and they have all fucking ninja slides and all sorts of stuff coming in and special effects and Disney shit. Um, this is just pictures and stuff. Like, don't expect that fancy from me. I, uh, I was really impressed with some of the stuff that I've seen here this weekend. I don't agree with all of it, obviously, because, like, steaks are delicious and so are burgers and stuff. Um, I mean, I would say that. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's cool to see so many, so many people here as well, like uh, coming all the way down here to talk about this stuff. What, now I'm at home in my jocks in a dark room uh, looking at stuff about Jeffrey Epstein online and, and doubting my life choices. I don't get to see many people. And then you come out and there's like, oh, there's fucking loads of you guys. There's fucking loads of people. I thought I was on my own there for a minute. Um, and I think like conspiracy theories and stuff like that tend to make people feel a little bit isolated. They tend to make... People feel like, oh yeah, there's no kids around because I'm going. There's a few Fs and a couple of Cs might fall out of me by accident. Um, like I, I'm, th I'm thinking, like, am I the only one? Am I actually like crazy? Am I? And it feels a little bit like mental illness in the way that, like, when someone is depressed or someone is having some some problems, um, th there's a thing in the human brain that'll make you feel like you're the only one feeling that thing. And then, you know, you reach out to someone and you're like, oh my god, thank God, I'm not the only one. So coming together in a place like this and like slapping hands with people and <clears throat> as happened here, uh, singing fucking on repeat the fields of Atten Rye at 20 to 4 in the morning. <laughs> I was upstairs going, they're having mad crack down there and there's nothing to do with, you know, plant-based diets. It's like Guinness-based diets going on. It was <laughs> serious shit, like roaring out in the street now. Come on, Ganarcons, like, come on, I fight you. Like it was very, uh, yeah, very aggressive. Um, for pacifists, I don't know. So uh, this talk, I wanted to talk about like conspiracy fact, I guess. Um, it's what we talk about on the show, my podcast, I use uh, the internet to look up the stuff that people call conspiracy theories. And I, uh, I kind of synthesize all the information that's available. So I could have, you know, like 250 tabs open uh, and I'll like be reading through and put, oh, that's quite interesting. Oh, that's quite interesting. Oh, that's, and 
build up the whole story. Over the last couple of years, it's kind of evolved into maybe a, a re-examining of history rather than like strict conspiracy theories. The earth is flat, you know, aliens are running our minds through television. It's kind of like, we're just being lied to by people because they love like riding and having cocaine and being rich. And you can break it down into something so simple, you know. Um, you're laughing because it's actually true. It's just like, I just want some cocaine, someone to touch my Mickey, and like, <laughs> just to have like a real nice bathroom in my house, and a massage maybe, with a happy ending or something. Like, it's just, it's that simple, right? you know? Um, I hear people talking about like satanic death cults and you know, drinking, like scaring children so that they'll have a, a adrenaline in their blood and then drinking them like a, like a pint. It, that, like, okay, that could happen, but it's not the be all and end all. Most of the time, it's people fucking other people over. Uh, <laughs> at a very like base level, you see it in, in media, you hear about it in the music industry, film and TV. Like, it's, it's people, we're all people, and I'm trying to take that information that other people are writing, synthesizing that information, they're looking at history in a certain way. I try and take it from both sides, synthesize it into myself, try and make up my own mind, tell both sides of the story, and then at the end of my show, we do a thing called an off-defense where me and the two guests, so for those that haven't listened to the show, I get like comedians and different like writers and authors and stuff like that to come on, they're gonna talk about these topics, and we go hard and long. Ayo. We go hard and long into these topics and try to discuss every single part, try and bring things in that the listener that they'd look at and see like, oh yeah, like JP Morgan, I know that name, click. And you, you get to find out this massively deep story at the Federal Reserve and the creation of money. And it's stuff that people wouldn't necessarily associate. And I, I'm, I'm trying to find like those links myself because of my knowledge and what I've studied and bring it together into a, a tale that you can tell with a bit of crack and they can take something away with themselves and go like, did you, when they're, man, did you know that fucking, this fucking Tesla, you know? Like, and, and it's a story that they can tell. It's easier to, to consume as a story rather than, you know, people being, and I'm not saying anybody here was like, and you have to believe, like some mad priest on a Sunday morning. It's like, they're stories. These are all fucking stories that you can tell. There's stuff that happened and how you interpret that stuff is um, up to you, basically, how you want it to. And uh, stuff's getting really subjective. Um, like, I I'll talk about it now in a minute, like the left versus right and this like dichotomous paradigm of like people who are for truth and then people who are for their own truth and they want to be like 72 genders and they're and gluing themselves to trans and shit. Like, everybody has their own thing going on. And I think we all have a responsibility to check the information that's going into ourselves, no more than, uh, you know, the foods that go into your body. I, you know, I, I can't really talk about that. But, uh, you know, we all have a responsibility. I'm, 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 I'm on a diet of information, folks. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Truth in the mind, chips in the mouth. That's how we go. Um, so conspiracy theories have gone, like, real mainstream right now. Uh, the show is... is very popular, has got more poppy start in 2014. And conspiracy theories are like in everything. There's like Netflix documentaries and series. There's like, uh, you know, people making a fortune off of doing speaking engagements in hotels. Like it's happening. These lads are millionaires. Don't, 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 don't let them lie to you. It's real. Um, 
But the, the pushback from mainstream media into conspiracy theories going, well, fuck it, people are going to be looking at this stuff anyway. Why not jump on board and make a few bob? And there's stuff like, I don't know if you know about the Denver International Airport. We've done episodes on all of these coming up. Um, Denver International Airport is obviously the international airport in Denver. It's one of the biggest uh, uh, connecting airports uh, in, in the US, apart from Atlanta. And they had, there's a conspiracy about Denver that they have a deep underground military base that's able to hold 400,000 people, right, in the event of like a, a extinction level, you know, apocalypse scenario, right? And kind of thumbing their nose to the rest of us, they put up these fucking crazy murals by this artist called Leo Tanguma. And some of them are like, uh, you know, a guy in a gas mask with a scimitar, cutting the heads off a thousand children all along in a row. Or like um, a, a, a Native American girl cradling like a headless deer and the deer's head. Like it's disgusting and really visceral and apocalyptic imagery. And people are going on their holidays going like, Like, you don't want to see that shit when you're about to get on a plane, right? Denver also had uh, rumors of the 9-11 planes that took off, uh, th that they stopped over, stopped over in Denver, unloaded all the people, put them in the underground base, and maybe killed them, I don't know. And then they got, like, windowless uh, drone planes and flew them into the towers. That's like, Denver has been really involved in, like, conspiracy lore. The, there's a big giant, you'll see there in... Uh, one of the pictures? No, it's not there. Shit. There's a giant 40-foot blue space horse right outside the front door of the Denver International Airport, right? And he has a big willy and giant balls that you can see. And his anus is like bright red and has like crystals. And when you shine a light on it, it shines. <laughs> right? And at nighttime when you drive by it, its eyes glow red. And it's up like this, like the Lloyd's Bank thing. That's, not, that's real talk. And the fella that made that, when he was chiseling out the balls, the balls are so big on the horse that they f the first lot fell off and hit him and killed him. <laughs> that's, the true that's the true fact. Do you know, this place has uh, Masonic imagery. It has, like, shit in the floor, like, little uh, metal panels with, like, numbers and all. And people are like, what do the fucking numbers mean? There's, like, a tablet on the front of it that says, like, the Legion of Freemasons of Denver created this airport in, in just in case the world ends. Oh, and you're like, this is at the check-in desk. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and Denver decided to push back and they went, well, we're doing some renovations to the airport, so why not have a, a, bit, of, a bit of crack with it? So they put up this stuff. Yes, Denver's got some secrets and there's like an alien on it. And you're like, are you messing up or is this for real? What the fuck is going on? They're like a tinfoil hat cat under construction or underground tunnels, you're like, you're taking the piss now, man. This is uh, construction or cover-up, and it has like a, a, an Illuminati eye on a builder's cap. So they're pushing back, and they're going, well, people are talking about it, we might as well face into it, right? They even had, um, for the first few weeks of construction, they had like a, a little statue that looks like a gargoyle, and there was a dude in a box, and he was doing it with a... With a uh, like a puppet, and people would walk by and they'd be like, hello, and they'd be Jesus. And they had like cameras filming it and they put it up on their YouTube channel. Like these ads are taking a piss. But it's because conspiracies become so mainstream, they want to get some good press for their airport, so they're pushing back against it. Um, we I've, you've heard loads of talk about Bohemian Grove. Like this stuff has become mainstream now. It's in House of Cards. There's loads of people talking about there's documentaries and stuff like that. 
to me, like we did a whole episode on Bohemian Grove, and it's like, uh, you know, a, a summer camp. Do you know, like, where you put a flute in your fanny or whatever and, and, uh, when you're a young one? Like, this is the kind of camp you're talking about. These dudes, like, grew up in Camp uh, Wanapoke Young One or whatever it's called. Like, these, like, Native American names, like Camp Wanapoke Young One. So, like, <laughs> they, they're up in Northern California, you know, in the summertime, in the sunshine, when, when you know, the government's on holly bags or whatever. And they just go up there and they're fucking riding brazzers and taking yokes in the forest and running around. Pissing into trees. Like, that's for real. There's staff interviews with people who work there, like waiters and waitresses from the, from the area. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a woman's one at the start of June, and it's called the, the Ladies Minx, I think it's called. And the girls just go up and they just be like, so do you see Love Island? <sighs> like, and just chatting shite and, and drinking because they're famous people. They can't go down the pub. You, can't, you never see Michelle Obama abroad in Granger's or, or you know, out in the Dooley's Bar here. You know, smoking long cigarettes. You never see it. So she goes there every summer, gets absolutely mashed. Gets mashed, smoking joints, doing everything. These guys are just old political, you know, old um, government employees and famous people who can't go to a normal, a normal bar or a normal place to have a holiday. You wouldn't see, like, George Clooney in Kusadasi. Like, he'd be haunted. Do you know what I mean? You never see, you never see Jake Gyllenhaal in Tenerife, he'd be, he'd be, his arse would be haunted. So they go up here and they do, now, obviously, these guys are very, very powerful. They could be making side deals. They could be doing shit like, so come here, you know all them nuclear bombs? Like, that could, that could be happening, obviously. But there's this big, like, dark cloud put over Bohemian Grove. Like, it's like, this is the satanic cabal, and they do all this. Like, it's just they want to belong, just like anybody else. Now, I'm not defending, like, satanic pedophile cults. So we'll get, that, get into that in a minute. But, like... They're, they're real people with real feelings, real needs and wants. Do you know what I mean? And I think that Bohemian Grove's like uh, veil of secrecy has fallen over the last few years. In the sixties and seventies, people knew about this shit. John Ronson went there in the in the mid nineties and kind of like exposed a little bit of it. And then Alex Jones came along and went, "I'm going to make something way more of this." The story, if anyone knows, like when John Ronson and Alex Jones were walking up to the front gates of Bohemian Grove. Uh, John Ronson was like, yeah, we're going to go in here now and have it. And Alex Jones was like, see you later, motherfucker. And he ran in and he climbed over the fence and he ran in and he was hiding in the bushes and all. And the lads are like, is he with you? And John Ronson's like, no, I don't know. <laughs> like Alex Jones had a completely different experience of Bohemian Grove because he wanted to have a load of evil people like burning an effigy of a, of a child in front of a, an owl statue. Do you know what I mean? Um... There was other stuff as well, like the imagery and the symbolism and the, 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 the god Moloch, which is like the god of child sacrifice and all this stuff. Like, yeah, sure. Of course, there could be like fucking kids in the forest. That's probably a given. But the fact that people know about it now and it's so like widely available information is because conspiracy theory, they kind of, they, they had to face up to it. Like you can go there in the wintertime, like you might get caught, but you can still go in the gates, you know? It's available to be seen. It's not so secret as it was. Um, the war on drugs is another one that has been absolutely blown wide apart. And when that started in the 70s with Richard Nixon, uh, you know, de declaring war basically on anyone who takes any kind of drugs, uh, it, was a moral, it was a moral battle against the people of America who were not having a great time. And when you're not having a great time, 
you want to use something to, to have a better time. So like drink, drugs, sex, whatever. Did somebody shout sex when I missed it? I was too slow saying sex. And like, drink, drugs, sex. <laughs> still, we, and rock and roll. We still have Sunday night. You're, yeah. Um, <laughs> last night, there was nobody doing anything except roaring in the street. There was no one doing that. So the war on drugs, like Nixon uh, put that out there and said, like, okay, basically, uh, black people are the enemy. They're the ones taking drugs. They're the ones dealing drugs. And it was a control mechanism. They wanted to, they want, because of the civil rights movement in the 60s, Nixon was just like, I don't want them having any freedom. And he just, he said, like, anyone that deals in crack, anyone that deals in cocaine, you're going to jail. There's set um, prison terms and all this kind of stuff for people who are caught with this drug. But powdered cocaine, which was the, the, the favorite of, you know, white businessmen or whatever, had a much, less, a, a much lesser um, sentence. So, like, if you're saying, if you're caught with crack, it's 15 years minimum. If you're caught with a bag of cocaine, it's like if you share it with the guard that catches you, you get off. Like, it's great. Go on, you the one first. Like, it, it was absolutely a war on the black population of America. And loads of those people are still in jail. They're still suffering from the, the um, financial and, like, psychological effects of that. They weren't able to afford to buy houses, which means that they couldn't accumulate wealth, which means that they lost out on having a, a life that was similar to anybody uh, in a different kind of racial or financial demographic. Like, this was a systematic destruction of that community. And then everyone was like, oh, yeah, man, Nixon is trying to fuck us up. Reagan, man, and, and Nancy Reagan going, just say no. You're like, bitch, you look like you say no every night. You're in need of a ride. Will you fucking relax? <laughs> like, it's... it's She's, she's cracking up in the front. It's like, I know, I know. Um, and Ronald, Ronald Reagan is so, so judgmental, like, and it really ramped up, you know. Um, Article 13 of, the, of the, the Constitution of America says that, like, nobody should be a slave anymore unless you've become, a, like, a, a felon. And then we can make you work for no money. So it was just a transfer from the slavery system into, like, a a loophole indentured servitude. So there's like black people that are in jail for crack from the 90s for like 30 or 40 years that are doing like menial jobs for pennies a day. And it's like slavery, but it's like in, within the constitutional law, right? So guys like Freeway Ricky Ross, if anyone's ever heard of him, he was, a, he was a, like a crack dealer in, in Los Angeles and he blew the whistle and he came out and he said, yeah, man, uh, I have the CIA calling me the whole time. Like, they're like, oh, I have another couple of bales of of, of coke for you if you want to come down and collect it. And then, like, he was distributing it to dealers all over L.A. And it was like a crack bomb went off in the ghetto, you know? Guys like Gary Webb came out and started writing articles about this, blowing this shit up. And then Gary Webb died of the worst case of suicide anyone's ever seen by shooting himself twice in the back of the head, as is the way. Um, like, the, these things are real. There's real stuff going on behind this. And... People are like, ah, it's conspiracy theory. It's like there's so many facts that, like, so many, like, tangible pieces of evidence that show that this is absolutely the case, and yet it's still put on the back burner in people's minds because it's real hard to think, like, people could do that to each other or that the world runs like that. And there's a lot of kind of doom and gloom around conspiracy theories where it's like, if you don't take action now, everything is fucked. You might as well set yourself on fire. And it's not the case. You can live your life and everything will be totally fine and not do anything ever. 
and you'd have a totally normal life and it'd be grand. That's the truth. But it'll be the way it is now. So if you want to make any changes or you want it to be different or you want more freedom or you want more control over how you feel your life should go, a lot of people settle and they just go, yeah, this is the way it is. If I, if I start rocking the boat, like the things that I have now might go away, but you're reducing your ability to try and find something new or something else beyond that. And a lot of people like to stay there. Comfort is a motherfucker. Like, comfort put this here. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm sitting in front of the computers going like, yeah, I got to do this podcast to make money, make money to pay the rent. And then, I, like, I wasn't pushed into doing anything else. Do you know? Um, Nikola Tesla, another man who has been mentioned a lot. This is the fucking Nikola Tesla conference going on here. This is like, this man was way beyond his time, potentially a time traveler. Uh, he invented like a wireless electricity system uh, from what, what, what's known as the Wardenclyffe Tower. So he was, he was kind of like, um, you know these like Renaissance artists that used to get like patrons that would come and say like, paint me a picture of my wife, but just make her look good looking, will you? For fuck's sake. It's like a really like a really long selfie. Your man is like, what do you think? Oh, delete that. Uh, it's just a bit. Um, so Tesla was one of these guys that was like uh, he was a he was a, a like a visionary. He was coming up with shit that no one knew about, right? And this uh, millionaire, billionaire came to him and said, like, I want you to I want you to make this uh, wireless system that you're talking about. I'll give you the money. And uh, get, Tesla took the money, and he made something completely different. He was like, yeah, 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 I totally do that. And then he made this tower. So it was supposed to be for uh, communications, and he ended up making it for a wireless electricity. So it was supposed to be like a telephone mast, and he made it into a, 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 you know, electricity station. And what he was doing was using this to, to make his controlled lightning, massive amounts of electricity, and he'd shoot that lightning up into the ionosphere, and it'd bounce and it hit another tower like a couple of hundred miles away. And the area in between uh, would have like an electric field within it that was totally safe and, uh, you know, non-toxic for people and all. I know the 5G folks are around and, you know, you can't be talking about anything wireless. It's like, fucking plug it in. But, <laughs> it's you know, sure. I have a wireless microphone, I have a phone and a laptop here, and I'm just, I'm feeling, my, my organs are already heating up, I can feel it. So it could be the chips. Um, so he'd shoot this electricity onto the ionosphere, into these towers, and then he'd go along and he'd be like, sticking light bulbs in the ground, and then the light bulbs would light up, and he's like, wireless, you see? And people were like, that's fucking brilliant. That means that like, we can just have a load of these towers, and that no one will have to, you won't have to, you can build your house anywhere, you won't have to have like this grid, uh, this gridded city system on the roads and everyone has to have access because you have to be cut in off the road into the, into the electric grid. And people could live like in a much more uh, uh, widespread existence. It wouldn't be so congested. There'd be no like, um, you know, urban, urban sprawl and trying to have people all like located in cities. He's like, you can live anywhere, man. Everything's wireless. And he was going to have like wireless information transfer as a byproduct of that as well. Could have changed the world. We'd be living in a totally different planet. But J.P. Morgan and Thomas Edison came along and went, nah, fuck that guy. No way. J.P. Morgan had just cornered the market in copper. And we have an episode on all of these guys separately. So uh, there was a, the, the, Knickerbocker, uh, the Knickerbocker scandal where he basically went in and fooled all the boys in Wall Street. And he ended up 
corner in the market in copper. It was, the, it was the biggest copper merchant in the world at the time. And Thomas Edison came along and said, well, I have this uh, direct current system, and if you partner with me, we'll be able to put pipes all over America with copper wire and a transfer and electricity to every single home. And JP Morgan is like, mm, sounds like money to me. So he scuppered Nikola Tesla's uh, project, basically made his work inert, like went, no, you're fucking finished, man. Go away. And Nikola Tesla really didn't do anything after that. He did had some stuff to do with like developing weapons uh, secretly for the American army during World War II. But this project was 100% on the books sculpted by J.P. Morgan and Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison even went so far as to like character assassinate Nikola Tesla and his alternate and current system by putting an elephant in a, in a public park and electrocuting it to death in front of everybody. And there's a video you can watch online, and the elephant is just like, huh? Ooh! Like, and he starts smoking, and all he's like, Wah! and falls over. And Thomas Edison's like, see? Alternating current is the devil. How about, how about, my, how about my one? And that's why America has the system that it has, and uh, uh, the, the voltage and all the, the different like, um, plugs and all that whole system. It's because of Edison and J.P. Morgan ruining Tesla. And that's on the books, man, and no one talks about that. Like, Tesla's so forgotten, so buried, the history of this man, buried what he used to do. Like, he came over, uh, he trained to be a priest, and he came over with nothing in his pockets and got a job as an intern for Edison. And he said, I've been working on all this stuff. And Edison's like, have you, yeah? Does anybody know you're here? No? Okay, cool, come on in. And just fucking robbed him, robbed him, and then fired him because he wouldn't play ball. And it's so uh, documented, it's so evident, and yet nobody really knows the story of Nikola Tesla. Like, it's conspiracy fact. It's a thing that people think, oh, no, they couldn't have done that to him. Totally did that shit. Robbed him. Um, Operation Paperclip. Y'all know about that? And it was like picking teams. Is like, uh, I love uh, Hans. Yeah, Fritz. Uh, yeah, Goebbels. Come on. Like, it was, it was like picking teams. And they had um, guys, experts in the field of espionage, medicine, engineering, military intelligence. Like, they were getting in spies that were spying on America. And, they, and the Americans had to get them. They had to save them. Because otherwise the Russians would have got them, because the Russians were in getting theirs as well, and the British were in getting theirs. So it was like the best of the best of whoever was left and who wasn't gone, like sent to Nuremberg, got like adopted and given American citizenship. While there was other lads get, using the rat lines to escape to Argentina, because they were like, no, if we kill too many Jews, the Americans won't have us. No, let's go to Argentina. Like the other lads were like, well, I didn't kill that many Jews. Let's try. I've always wanted to visit New York. Like it's it's. <laughs> crazy the war criminals that these lads took in that's totally on the books man like <laughs> you can go there's a list like a mile long of like nazis who gained scientific military information from experimenting on people from doing like illegal now now illegal uh, uh like operations illegal experiments and the americans the russians and the british all benefit from that information it's like well I know it came from a weird place, but we can totally use it. Like, what, what's, there's, no ethic, there's no ethics really behind that, and no one really talks about it a lot. Uh, you'd hear in the flat earth community, a lot of lads are like, well, NASA, Midas, they're all Nazis. Like, NASA was created by Nazis, and uh, they're lying to us, and the earth is flat, and all. You're like, okay, but here you go, keep going. It's, it's so evident and so provable that uh, 
Operation Paperclip is a, is a total, like, it's a slam dunk for conspiracy guys because it's fucking 100% true. And no one talks about it. No one questions that information, you know? Tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys. There's a, yeah, there's a weird thing that I found when I was uh, researching for, because there's an episode on this as well. Uh, a thing called Project 63, where in 1949, 1950, they fired almost all of the American rocket scientists that were working on like uh, missiles and, and rocket propulsion. Fired all of them, made them all redundant, and then replaced them all with uh, German scientists. Like, <laughs> that's, how, how bad is that? That Americans would fire other Americans and take in Nazis that hadn't even cooled down out of the oven yet. Oh, that's probably a bad turn, <laughs> turn of phrase. They were freshly baked Nazis, like just, just out of Germany with like a bedroll and a suitcase, like. I hear the streets are paved with gold. Straight out, straight out of Nuremberg. And uh, they fired a bunch of Americans in, in favor of them. Like how, how unethical is that? And it's on the books. On the fucking books. This lad, do you know him? Cardinal Pell. 100% provable conspiracy. Kitty Fiddler. Big time, in the 90s, he was fucking everybody, <laughs> anybody, do you know what I mean? And he was uh, indicted, he was uh, charged, and in the Vatican, just protected him. Just like, how about not go to Australia anymore, George? Just don't go, because like, they're going to fucking put you in jail. And he's like, I'll just stay in the Vatican, so, because they can't go near me. And he stayed in the Vatican for like eight years after being charged. Until finally, in 2018, they said, okay, so many people know that you have sex with kids, George. You're, you're kind of making us look bad, if that's possible. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, we're, gonna, we're gonna have to give them something. And he's like, all right, I'll go back to Australia. Went back, well, he only got eight years. He only got eight years in prison. He probably died in prison because he's old now, but he got eight years after being charged of fluting around in the Vatican. Do you know? Like nobody, <laughs> nobody arrested him. Nobody went in after him because it's like a sovereign state or whatever. No, like you couldn't extradite him. He was just like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Like standing in the wall, standing in the walls in the middle of Rome behind the doors going, <laughs> like what? How is that allowed to happen? And then, even after he was sent back to Australia, went through the court process, was convicted and put in jail, even after all of that, the Vatican and the Australian authorities put a suppression order on reporting about it. So it happened, everyone was like, what happened to that Cardinal Pell guy? Wasn't he like feeling kids? And no one was allowed to talk about it. You weren't allowed to put it in any papers or TV shows for like nine months. It only came out at the start of the summer that he was actually convicted. And everyone went, oh. And the heat had died down. There was no like people outside the courtroom taking pictures of him. There was no like worldwide story that this guy who was like, the fourth most powerful dude in the Vatican at one point, who, who got appointed after people knew he had had sex with kids. He was still promoted. And, and there, was no, there was nothing in the news about it because the Vatican and the Australian government put a, a suppression order. Like, that's a conspiracy. That's totally real and crazy. Like, wouldn't you want to know if he was in your vicinity? And that's not, not to mention like the amount of, you know, all the spotlight stuff and 
moving lads around all over America, sure, stuff in Ireland and in Wexford even, you know, Father Fortune and all that stuff. Like, endless, endless amount of totally provable, totally factual and actual abuses that happened. And nobody is paying the price. There's nobody, like, I feel everyone's kind of getting, yeah, we know. Stop what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, nobody's paying the price. There's nobody, like, going to jail. There's no, they're not taking down the big boys. Totally happened. This motherfucker. Totally, totally happened. But only after he died in 2011 did the first people come forward. And it ended up launching Operation U-Tree, which started going, like, ex-prime ministers, ex-high-ranking like, uh, uh, politicians in the UK. They found out about the, um, the Elm Guest House. Have you heard about that? Elm Guest House. What the f- That's like the Hotel California of paedophilia, do you know? You can check in any time you like, but you can never leave. And Jimmy Savile turning up like, you know, a, 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 an ice cream van with kids in the back of it. Now then, now then, you want a, a brown hair or blonde hair? Which one? Pick. You have sprinkles. Like, fucked up, man. <laughs> fucked up. And people allowed it to happen. And people were talking about it in the BBC, and those people got fired. People were talking about it in the press, and those people got sued. From, from this, like, this man looks like a scrotum. And he, was, he, was, he had so much power that he was able to make the whole country silent. Don't believe that, man. Don't believe that. She you break his hand with a high five? What the fuck is he going to do? But he had pictures and videos of everybody. He had books and lists and books and lists and receipts. The only reason you can get away with that kind of shit is if you're running a pedophile ring and you keep receipts. Well, this is the thing. He had, like, jewelry that was made out of the glass eyes of dead old people that he would molest in the morgue. Did you know that? He's on the BBC smoking a cigar. Now then, now then. Uh, just on stage, catch a goo-goo. And he had a ring that had an eye on it that was from an old woman that he'd taken out of her head after he'd had sex with her dead body. Like, that stuff was going on. That's documented. That's real talk. Probably not great for lunchtime of a Sunday, but it's real talk. <laughs> Being at the carvery now, is like, I don't want the roast beef, you're grand. <laughs> Oof. But it's fucking real, like. And nobody talks about it anymore. 2011, it's not that long ago. We did an episode on him. What's crazy about him is he had a, a camper van, right, that he used to park up outside of these places. So he'd be at the, um, oh, Jesus, the something fort school for girls. Oh, I can't remember the name now. But it was a school for wayward girls. It was like a kind of a, an Englishy Magdalene laundry type thing. And he'd roll up in his camper van, and he'd go in at nighttime, and he had a deal with the principal of the school, who was a woman, where he was like, I'm funding this school. I'm paying for all of this shit. So you just, like, leave the door on the latch and turn a blind eye. And he just, like, padding through the halls. Now then, who's coming with me tonight to the camper van? And he'd pick people out and bring them outside. Bring them for a ride in his Rolls Royce. And they'd have to do stuff to him. And there's like witnesses, women still alive, that are like, and he did this, and he did this, and he did this. Nothing happened. Loads of people facilitated it. Nothing happened. He had an apartment in, in, a, in a hospital for terminally ill children. They built him. as they, he, he 
was so good. I know, it's terrible. He was so good at raising money for charity that he paid for a whole hospital in Leeds. And as part of the deal of him raising the money for the hospital, he commanded the people to build him an apartment on the grounds of the hospital so that he wouldn't have to sleep in the camper van. So he had an apartment, and he had the keys to the whole hospital. He could go wherever he liked, all the time. It was the same in the prison. They built him an apartment in a prison that was specifically for prisoners that have severe mental health issues. So when they're like, I had a dream that a weird old white-haired wizard stuck his finger up my bum. It's like, ah, yeah, whatever, Tony. Like, that shit was happening. I had an apartment. So he just, like, he has the keys to a prison to go in and finger people and do stuff to them. Like, he had the keys. They gave him the keys and a place to live. That's where he stayed. Like, that's how deep that system went. And everyone knew that shit. And anyone that said that and was finished... And then in 2011, this information came out, and then nothing was done about it. There's still like an empty apartment in, in uh, something Hearst, uh, what's the name of the prison? Par- in Parkhurst Prison. There's still an apartment there that like nobody's gone into, like Marie Celeste, uh, you know, of Jimmy Savile. When he had, you know, he has like old socks and a, and a stubbed out cigar still in the, in the ashtray, and no one's gone into it. But it's still there. Eleven New Year's Eves with Maggie Thatcher. Well, I mean, that's part of the penance for being a paedophile, I guess, right? <laughs> Some something, but like, he he was he was the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Like, he was showing up like, and he has like he opens his jacket and there's a load of watches or whatever. Like, but he was just doing it and it was like pictures of kids. He's like, have have a pick. Going into these places, just hundreds of witnesses of people who were in like homes for wayward youth that were like. He showed up, and he had two lads with him. Do you know? Totally real. This motherfucker. This is the most recent. He's the American Jimmy Savile. And he died by the worst case of suicide I've ever seen. Um, he killed himself in August. He was arrested in June. He spent... He, he was already arrested for uh, sexual crimes... Uh, seven years ago, and he spent four years under house arrest, right? But he was in, under house arrest, like, it was like a really severe crime, but he's just like, can I just live in my house then? And they're like, yeah. No bother. Just like, don't go doing that, don't up to your old shenanigans again. He's like, I promise. That woman that he's hugging is Ghislaine Maxwell, who's still at large. She was his madam, she was his, his procurer, She's in Brazil. She could be anywhere. Wherever the Nazis would go, that's where she'd go. But she wasn't in Brazil the whole time. She was in a fucking In-N-Out burger in, like, Chicago about three weeks after he killed himself, reading a book that was, like, a a, a CIA manual for spies. That's, like, a public book, but you can read. It's It's about, like, CIA handlers and all this stuff. And, like, a fellow went in and photographed her, and she was, like, like this, about to eat a burger with this book, just going, like, this is the crack. Like, they're CIA assets. There's also a rumor that, he wor- the rumor that he works for Mossad. Like, this shit goes deep. This is the closest thing. This is like, this is like the, the little yellow head on the, on, the, on the deep, deep boil on the back of American society. It's like a tiny little, 
I could have used iceberg for that metaphor, but I just I decided to go for pimple because it was suitably disgusting. Like, this is the deepest shit and entirely real, entirely like documented. These people are like, he did that shit. Um, Prince Andrew was allegedly involved in all of this stuff. There's pictures of, huh? Yeah, but you have to say allegedly because you don't want Trevor to get sued, right? That's, that's, that's Andy there, poking, at, poking his face out through the apartment of Jeffrey Epstein in New York. And if you watch that whole video, that's a still from the video. That whole video is Jeffrey Epstein with a girl who, of, of questionable consensual age, uh, is getting out of a Range Rover and going into that apartment. And then this woman is coming out after the girl comes in, and Jeffrey Epstein is wearing like a fur coat, and he's like, you okay, Andy? Okay, yeah, good, good, okay, okay, okay. And then this woman here and, and Epstein drive away, and he leaves Prince Andrew in his New York apartment to, with, a, with a girl who's of questionable consensual age. Like, that's a video that you can see with your eyes. Uh, nobody, nobody's done nothing about it. Uh, there we see uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and, and Andrew and the girl that's uh, accusing him of uh, underage sexual assault. Like, that shit is fucking totally, like, hello. Do you know? And nothing's been done about it. Nothing's been done about it. There was, um, lads went to Epstein's Island um, in the Caribbean, and there was people, like, that were feet on the ground. They, they managed to get a, a guy who owns a boat to drop them off, and they ran around with a few cameras and tried to film a few bits and pieces. But this is what they allege the, uh, the temple on the top of the hill on uh, uh, Epstein's Island is supposed to be. It's like an elevator down into like an underground kind of tunnel system. Uh, obviously, the lads couldn't find nothing about that. And the FBI had been in since over the last like few, uh, the first few weeks of September to go out and clean the place out. Like Epstein has shit on everybody. What's public should already be enough to start like indicting people, to start arresting people. Uh, he ran a, um, a, a kind of a, a courier plane service to and from the island, set off from Florida and they'd land on the island. Uh, and it was called the Lolita Express, right? And they'd fly out like women and men out to this island to just hang out, chill out. And there's people on the list like Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, you know, Steven Spielberg. Say it, say it out loud now so I can hear you. Boop, yeah. Going to talk about that now. So this, way ahead of me, boss. This island had everything, and the FBI came in and swept it out. There was a lad flying around a drone looking at this stuff, and the, t the temple has changed in its construction. That the, the, there's a door painted on now, and whatever was there is now gone. Yes, sir, you have your hand up. You have to be louder, man. I can't hear you. Yeah. Yes, we are change.org, yeah. The bed, the bed was in a cement bunker that was built into a hill. This is, the this is the temple that was on top of the hill, and the we are change.org guys got up to this, and they were like, what's the crack? And there's a fucking door painted on now. But, but in July, while Epson was still in jail, there was guys flying drones to the island from a boat uh, parked offshore. And they were flying them around this thing. There was a dome on top. There was a storm then in August. 
and the dome got blown away and it shows like some communication equipment and stuff on top. Uh, if it's not a tunnel to an underground lair, it's still fucking weird as shit, right? Um, yes, sir. I don't, wait, wait, you guys are blowing, blowing my load here, relax. <laughs> Jesus. They're like, quick, give it to me. No kissing, just get straight to it. <laughs> like, fucking hell. This is a couple of, this is a bit of a smooch and a drop of the hand, like, chill out, man. <laughs> They're hungry for Epstein stuff, they were like, yeah, 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 Tesla. Gives that shit. So this guy is Nicholas Tartaglioni. He's he's a big boy, isn't he? This is this is the guy, the type of guy that like I have nightmares about. In case you go to prison, like this is the motherfucker that you that you go into prison and he's like. Hey, sweetheart. Like, you're like, fuck. Fuck, go on, I'll suck it, go on. Um, this, this is Nicholas Tartaglioni. Who was, who was Jeffrey Epstein's cellmate in the high-security New York prison? No? Or you're saying, no, it's not, or no, like, you're incredulous. Yeah, I'm incredulous as well. I mean, shit. If anyone was going to choke a motherfucker, it's him. <laughs> right? This guy was in jail for the suspected deaths of four drug dealers as part of, like, a corrupt police uh, cocaine conspiracy. Right? He's in jail. He's not long in jail. He was working undercover. Loads of experience working undercover. He's in jail next to Epstein. And then all of a sudden, Jeffrey Epstein, in a small room, smaller than the area of the stage here, decides, I'm going to hang myself. I can't handle it anymore. I'm going to kill myself. And people around the prison could hear him screaming. The first time he tried to kill himself, he unsuccessfully, you know, tried to commit suicide or tried to die by suicide. And that man was in the room with him. <laughs> and apparently this guy saved him from hanging himself with paper bed sheets while on suicide watch. So a cop who's built like that in a room not bigger than the stage with Jeffrey Epstein. Back in business, here we go. Yeah, fuck you, MI6. All right. So this guy's in the, in the jail cell with Epstein. Hanging out, playing cards. And then Epstein's like, ah, I'm fed up playing cards. I'm going to kill myself. This fucking motherfucker <laughs> saves him. But not only that, not only that, that was in July. Not only that, but two hours before Epstein successfully committed suicide, I, I have to stop saying committed suicide, shit, died by suicide, right? It's a, yeah, it's, it's a bad, it's a legal thing. It's a bad way, yeah. Um, two hours before Epstein died by suicide, this guy was transferred out of the cell. The two guards outside of the cell were told to go on a break. And one of them was asleep. And then of four cameras, all four became un uh, 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 yeah, inoperative. Stop working for the layman. Um, <laughs> and then Epstein died by hanging himself with paper sheets. 
get paper sheets. Because they wouldn't give them like cloth sheets because it's too easy to kill yourself if you're like the head of an international pedophile ring or whatever. <laughs> like, he was taken off a suicide watch the day before. His man was transferred out two hours before. The guards were told to go have a sandwich and the fucking cameras were turned off. And then he died. And then there's no footage. And then they got his body, they got his body and real quick tidied it all up. And there's a conspiracy, now it's unproven, We're, we've gone past conspiracy fact right now, but there's a conspiracy that the dead body of Epstein is not really the dead body of Epstein at all. And you see here, uh, the fire department were the ones to take him out. You see his earlobe shape and all this stuff. Uh, this is Epstein alive, like put sideways. And this is the ear of the dead dude. So like your ear is like your fingerprint. That's why the Polish lads sit like that on their driver's licenses. Uh, <laughs> seriously, because it's, like it's like an identifying mark because they kind of all look the same, I don't know. And, um, <laughs> what, to Irish people, the Polish people look the same. Just like generic Catholic. Um, these, so Epstein is supposed to have died uh, uh, and, been, and been shipped off and he could be still alive, sir, who asked in the back. I mean, if there ever was a motherfucker who was gonna fake his death and get away with it, with like uh, a network of billionaire friends, Probably, probably it would be, like I'd like to think that like Michael Jackson is still alive somewhere as well. But like, probably not. This motherfucker absolutely could be. The report from the coroner, the New York medical examiner, Barbara Sampson, she conducted this uh, examination on the body and there was a, a break in the hyoid bone in the neck, which is very, 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 unlikely to have been caused by any type of uh, asphyxiation by hanging or by any kind of cloth or, or rope material around the neck. It's more, uh, it's more common to, for, from, from strangulation, from the two thumbs pushing in at the, at, the top of the, uh, at the top of the neck. Broken bone, like choked to death by fucking muscle dude, by Mr. Sheen here. Do you know? Shine's umpteen pedophiles clean. Like it's bananas that this is allowed to be told as news, and now nobody talks, nobody talks about it anymore. This week, oh no, last week, this woman, Amy Robach, was an ABC reporter, and in a hot mic situation, so in between, um, in between reports, they were showing like some VT, and the, the camera was still running, and the mic was still running, and she went off on this like four minute diatribe about like, Jesus, I'm absolutely raging. I had all of this stuff three years ago, I had my witnesses down, I totally, like, I, I had this story and they wouldn't let me break it. ABC told her to kill the story three years ago. And the head of ABC, who now works for Disney, possibly on the list, for allegedly on the list for Epstein's Lolita Express, also, dozens of Disney executives have now been indicted on uh, uh, pedophile charges. Seven have been convicted. In the, in the last two weeks. High-ranking Disney employees. Like, that shit, that, that's not like, and this is buried. Nobody, like, if only the conspiracy community are talking about that. It's not in uh, real talk. Yes, madam. Um, thank oh, you. Fantastic. A guy called Sean Ashwood uh -huh. in the UK does daily videos on Epstein. He has interviewed um, Mark um, Dugan, John Mark Dugan, who is a cop in Palm Beach. Yeah. And the guy who was heading up that investigation, um, I can't think of his name at the moment, but he gave this cop 
all the tapes. Yeah. And John Mark Dugan has them in Russia. He had to uh, go to Russia. There, there's loads of stuff about to drop on this. Yeah. But whatever, thanks very much. But what's been dropped on it so far is being ignored by the mainstream media. Like the facts that are out there at the moment are being willfully ignored. Um, there's so much more to come. Like Pizzagate and Pedogate and all this kind of crack. Like that shit runs deep. It runs deep, but you're not allowed to talk about it. What's, what is happening is that the meme lords are taking this shit over. They're trying to get people to know about this thing using like subversive social media methods. So you'll see here, these Christmas socks are arranged to say Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, this is your Christmas number one album. Now that's what I call Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And then of course, everybody's breakfast favorite. I can't believe Epstein uh, killed himself. <laughs> So this is the thing, this is what people are doing to keep this story alive. And it seems to be working, like people are, people are on it. Tell them all about it, the conspiracy guys. Now, okay, because I've only got five minutes left. I want to talk a little bit, yeah. I, okay, so, like, I'm going <laughs> to, I flicked through these, so like Punch and Nazi, I, I was going to talk about like, you know, the reclassification of what a Nazi is, and if you start talking about this shit, it's given people on the left the, the blank check and willful abandon to physically assault you or milkshake you or, you know, uh, uh, falsely accuse you of crimes and slander your name and then when served with court papers continue to do so and protest outside of conferences, shit like that. Um, <laughs> this is, this is, and with, with the passion, with the passion of somebody who is being paid to do so, I think, it's just like, you, can't, you know, how can you be so, uh, so opposed to so many uh, vast and wide-ranging uh, topics? So Greta, uh, this, is, this is one of the things that the conspiracy community are throwing up there, going like, Greta Thunberg, uh, she, she's part of a propaganda campaign, and blah, blah, blah. And all. Like, I'm not shitting on Greta. Like, fair play to her. She got the whole year off school. I would have loved to do that when I was in, <laughs> when I was in junior cert. I would have loved that shit. It was like, what? Go and talk to the UN. <coughs> okay, fuck it. Have any of you seen Thundercats ads? Deadly. Like, it's, um, you know, like, uh, practically it is admirable what she's doing. Like, she's, she's doing a lot of hard work. Now, the shit that she's talking is obviously a load, of, a load of bullshit. But, like, fair play to her for getting doing it. I think that her parents are, her parents are anti-fat, they're trained actors. Um, there, there's, there's a whole familial, uh, familial line in the Thunbergs of, like, uh, global warming and greenhouse gases and you know, scientific discoveries back in the day. But like the fact that the tools being used now of propaganda where you can't, um, you can't question children. It's being used as a shield. Uh, her, her autism is being used as a shield of criticism. Um, if she's not able to answer a question, it's because she's a selective mute. Uh, if she's not able to you know, properly understand what she's talking about or she makes a mistake, it's because of like cognitive, uh, you know, difficulties. And it's a real, like it's, I know it's like, you know, it's terrible. If you have autism, it's probably not great crack, you know? But like, why is she particularly being used? Uh, why is, why are children being used as a shield on, for, by the same people that apparently are fucking bringing them to islands and riding them up the arse? Like, it's the same political people that are doing this thing, like you use them for a talking point, or you use them for a, do you know? 
Yeah, like I mean, is it is it is it, uh, it obviously it is different, but is it any different? Like, there's there's a certain element of, um, and I don't like this. I, like I, I, you know, I did an episode I think maybe 80 months ago about cultural Marxism and the rise of the left and the march through the through the uh, the colleges, march through the universities, and the takeover of young people's minds with this rabid uh, liberal politic, you know. I think everybody here would class themselves as a, like probably a classic liberal. You know, you'd be, you wouldn't definitely not be like right wing or anything. But we're all being painted with a with a brush now of, of alt right. Like I get caught, my, you want to see my fucking iTunes reviews, man? They're all like, you fucking Nazi, like alt right and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I voted yes. Like I'm I'm all for legalizing weed. Like what? Who the fuck are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Like what's going on here? It's because you don't agree on these certain set uh, talking points. If you don't conform you are the enemy. And it's a real, real weird shift, man. It's a real weird, like, uh, polarity shift from 10 years ago when it was Occupy, and a load of people who were like, fuck this. And everybody was pointed the same direction, but right and left towards, you know, billionaires, bankers, and general ne'er-do-wells. Everyone was pointed that way, going, no, I'm not having this, man. You're fucking up life. And now, this generation Z, and, and the people who are now out protesting and out doing like this kind of out crack, they were like 10, do you know? They have a trauma. Like they went from having, you know, uh, like two holidays a year and anything they want off Santi for Christmas to like, you get what you're fucking given. And they're like, no, I don't want to live in a two bedroom house. Why don't we live in Docky anymore? Like it doesn't, it's, it's, it was a trauma to them, and they don't want that shit. But they're being told, if you do this, you will receive this. And they're prom like the promise of a better life and the promise of you know, prosperity and all the things that uh, the generations before had. It's a real fucking like, youngest child syndrome. Uh, like three? Trevor, is that okay? Three more? Okay. So it's a real youngest child syndrome. Like, he got it, I want it as well. And you're like, look it. You can go on the plane with Jeffrey the next time, okay? Stop. <laughs> I want to go on a plane. So like Extinction Rebellion is a really good example of this like willful ignorance towards actual facts. And they're gluing themselves to electric trains. I don't often make this noise. It was a school noise we learned in school and it was totally deserved whenever it was given out. But that's the fucking noise I make when someone who's protesting the environment glues themselves to an electric train. Like you're, that is, oh my God. So like there's a, there's a populist movement in, on the left where they're like, if we just do it together, lads, what are we doing? I don't know, but we're doing it together. Like it's, it's bananas, right? And it's very, um, it's very easily picked apart. And because it's very easily picked apart, they have to have a mechanism of censorship, of, uh, you know, delaying the message of mainstream support and uh, alternative dissolution. They have to stop people questioning their motives, questioning their tactics, and questioning, like, their core beliefs. And I see loads of YouTube channels. I could name out a dozen of them. You know, I, I put them up on social media and check them out. Of people, like, say, Fleckus Talks, Austin Fletcher, he goes out to these protests and he puts a mic in people's faces. What are you out here for today? Climate! I mean, for the climate, for the children, the forests, for the ducks, everything. <laughs> he's like, yeah, what's going on? What's going on with the ducks? What's, what's going on with the forests? And like, the world is burning. Yeah, do you know where? In the hot parts. Like, it's... <laughs> but it's bananas. 
how uninformed, but how involved they are. Like, how can you be so involved and so ignorant? How can you be so passionate and so, like, willfully dismissive of real facts and science, right? So for every scientific study that I could show you that says, like, climate change is a thing, there's another one that says it's not. And this crowd are going on the likes of Good Morning Britain and having fucking Marcus of Queensbury with Pierce Morgan saying stuff like, the science is settled. And it's like, is science ever settled? Is that a thing we want to sit on, that the science is settled? That shouldn't be a term of anything ever. That's the whole point of science, is that it's not settled. But they want, it to, they want the book to stop now, and they want to be in control. I contend that it's a, a paradigm shift from the pale male and stale uh, billionaire oligarch, you know, uh, uh, classic like Republican GOP, uh, deep south, you know, Rothschild kind of Jewish whoa, uh, control system, <laughs> right, that the planet is under. And they want to be in charge. They want to be the boss. And they're the people who are invested in like wind farms and solar energy and electric cars and talking about like getting into politics, like using climate change as a fear mechanism to crowbar themselves into politics so that they can then make legislation, not to save the world or be any better or do anything like, you know, not like <laughs> I'm going to get into politics, but I'm not going to make any money. Promise, promise. Like, they just want power, and it is a power move. The kids are being used. They get the people who pander to the kids' like emotional, you know, political needs. These people are coming out going, "We're doing this for you." Ah, yeah, I'm going to vote for you. They're trying to lower the voting age to 16 because they can fucking emotionally manipulate people who are who are younger. Yeah, through the school system. Now, I'm not even going to get into like the LGs, the Bs, and the Ts, right? But like, there's an indoctrination situation going on with young people. Like, who here wasn't like uh, uh, absolutely rubbing yourself raw for socialism when you were like 15, 16? You're like, yeah, everybody needs to be shared and everyone needs to have all the stuff. And someone touch my dick, please. Like, that's we were all like that at 16. And then we started to own things and started to have stuff that was valuable. And then we're like, yeah, the guards aren't that bad, I suppose. Um, <laughs> like, I mean. I don't want everyone to have that telly. I had to save up for four months to buy that fucking thing. Like, that's how people grow up, but the young people are really malleable, really easily influenceable. True, like, all you have to do is put a fucking sad song under, like, <laughs> under, like, a, you know, someone standing in the rain and just saying, like, <laughs> like, and they're all like, oh my God, it's so, it's making me sad and horny, like. <laughs> That's how it works. It's so easy, man, to manipulate them. That was one, this was one example of the fear being uh, uh, rammed down people's throats that didn't work. And everybody went, this shit does not work on me anymore. Pull the other one has bells on it. They tried to say that the Joker being in cinemas was going to incite white supremacist violence and you were going to have some incels. Don't know if anyone knows what incels is, involuntary celibate. It's a lad who can't get a ride. We've all been there. So you're going, to, you're going to incite a fella who can't get a ride to go and buy a gun and shoot people? I'm like, man, if he's not fucking motivated enough to wash his dick and go out and talk to someone in a bar to try and get the ride, he's not going to go out and buy a gun. Come on. Like, let's be real about this shit. If he's not going to dress himself and shave and wash his clothes, he's not going to go and apply for a gun license and plan to fucking kill a lot of people in the school. It's not going to happen. But they were saying it's going to be like James Holmes in the Aurora Batman shooting, 
where people were going to go see the Joker be so incensed by the social injustice that was in the movie because it was a, a white man like pushing against society that they were going to go and shoot up the cinemas. When people went to see the film, I don't know how many people have seen the film, but it's actually like a story about an, like an anti-fa, you know, anti-social, anti like an anti-fa protester. The people are dressed in the same stuff, dressed in black, dressed in masks, smashing up the place. It's fucking anti-fa in Portland right now, man. Like, this is an anti-fa movie. This is a guy who's pushing back against people. Like, he's feeling uh, disenfranchised. He's alone. Nobody's listening to him. He has mental health issues. Like, these are all things that align with anti-fa. And yet the mainstream media were like, there's white lads going to shoot up. <laughs> They're going to shoot up uh, uh, cinemas. Saying that this was white supremacy, this was patriarchy, this was a white man doling out the, the, the sorrows of his life on the public. They didn't say anything about the, um, the Suicide Squad or about uh, Harley Quinn. And that movie is like 98% Rotten Tomatoes. Like, yeah, Harley Quinn, that's a fucking movie about like domestic abuse and about, about a, a rape survivor pushing back and killing people. Like, there's no, there's no questioning about that. Harley Quinn is evidently mentally ill, and there's nobody talking. It's all about white, white men. And it didn't work, obviously. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, at the time, had a 25% score. Now it's at, at 68 for the for the critics. But uh, the public have it voted at 89%. So obviously, like, the critics are going, no, people can't see this. But bad scores. The people are like, yeah, no, I actually liked it. It was great. Similarly for Dave Chappelle and Sticks and Stones. Like this is at 22, uh, what is it, 22%? No, 35% now uh, for the critic score for Sticks and Stones and 99% for the audience score. And <laughs> if you read here, a top critic from Salon.com says, Sticks and Stones exists as a defiant design to intentionally offend large swaths of the audience Chappelle deems too thin-skinned and easily outraged, while serving up simple low-bar yucks to anyone yearning for validation of their anti-PC stance. They've made Dave Chappelle a stalwart of comedy, possibly considered the best living comedian in the world. They've made him uh, an alt-right white supremacist. <laughs> because he decided... I'm not going to weigh in and I'm not going to do what the rest of these cunts are doing and pander to the left ideology. I'm not going to say, use it right, everything you do is right, feel whatever you want to feel, fucking wear a skirt, wear pants, I don't care. Like, Dave Chappelle is like, no. And they did this to him. It didn't work. It's one of the most popular uh, comedy specials on Netflix and a 99% audience score. Like, that shit is a fact that it's being suppressed. And people are willfully doing that. They're willfully disliking something that's ostensibly good because they've been conditioned to not accept the message that he's saying. And simultaneously, they're compelled to proselytize their own message. They are evangelists for liberal cuckoo fucking poo-poo brain shit. They're evangelizing that shit, coming out going, you have to, and if you don't, you're cancelled, mister. Like, it's, it's, it's bullshit. Very, very quickly towards the end, I know that Andy was talking about YouTube yesterday. YouTube, man, is the second biggest search engine in the world. They have uh, almost a billion accounts, uh, creators on the platform, right? There are 
180,000 accounts have been closed this year already. They just released a statement on Friday that said that uh, they are beginning to shut down up to another half a million accounts because, well, well, you get this, because the monetization is not possible on those people's accounts and to host the bandwidth to deliver the videos to the millions of subscribers for those channels that can't be monetized is so expensive for YouTube that they're just going to go, no, you can't have a channel here anymore because we're not able to make money off you. We're actually paying you. We're paying for you to be on YouTube to deliver videos to people. And you're putting it on your website. You're sharing it on social media. Millions of people are watching it, but we can't put ads on it because of our own terms and conditions that we've arranged with our advertisers. So they're just going, no, you're gone. Bye-bye. So guys like Stephen Crowder and, you know, like they've already got rid of Alex Jones, but there's guys that are on it now, you know, Tim Poole, Stephen Crowder, these guys, that are going to get switched off because they can't advertise. YouTube can't make money off them. They're also, like, undesirables. So they're just looking for an excuse to go, bump, you're gone. Now, the reason this all, like, and it's, it's for anything. Like, I, I, I got community guidelines strikes for, like, an episode of Sandy Hook, 9-11, Jimmy Savile, getting community guidelines strikes saying, you said some shit in this that's, you know, not in the, in the terms and conditions. I was like, he fucks kids, like, what the fuck? So I just removed all my videos off YouTube. I'm not on YouTube anymore. I'm voting with my feet. I'm like, fuck you. I've 30,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. I sent them all the messages going, sorry, lads, head to BitChute, head to Vimeo. That's where I'm going to be holding it now. I'm not letting, like, YouTube had, thanks. YouTube had ads. YouTube were, YouTube were putting copyright strikes and they were putting ads on my videos. I, I didn't monetize my videos ever on YouTube. But they took away my monetization possibilities. And then they started putting ads on my videos like every 20, 40 minutes. So people who were listening to my podcast were getting ra like 10 times more ads than was on my show. And YouTube were getting, getting the money for it. I was like, no, fuck that, man. No way. Click. You're gone. But what, wh where it comes from, where the YouTube censorship comes from, is from what was called the adpocalypse. And this is the adpocalypse in a nutshell right here. This is what was called Elsagate. So I don't know if any of you guys heard of this. Elsagate was a bunch of videos made by I don't know who the fuck, where the likes of Spider-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, the Joker, Batman, would all get together and gangbang Elsa from Frozen. There was cartoons made of like Spider-Man creeping up on a sleeping Elsa and like pissing on her head. And then she's like, oh, and then they'd all have a party and then they'd like, simulate like sex uh, um, moves and all this kind of stuff in cartoon, in real life. And it was going on for months and months and months. But these were slipping into the, you know, when you leave the kid on iPad and uh, it's just going like, recommend a video, recommend a video. So they had figured out this way of putting all the tags, the SEO tags, so that they'd show up. So the kids are like, I want to listen to the Frozen song. And then like 24 videos down, you get Spider-Man squeezing Elsa's boobies. And they're like, huh? so much stuff like that. Like Mickey Mouse riding Minnie Mouse or like Goofy doing an abortion on, on Dora the Explorer. Like crazy shit you couldn't even believe. There was real life stuff as well. This is from, I can't remember the channel this is from, but it was a father and his two daughters and they simulated like tying her up. It was like a, a kind of a, like a rape invader type thing. This has like 5 million views, this video. There was YouTube, YouTube. It's not on anymore, it was taken off early 2017. This is the first adpocalypse, they call it. And it was a way to demonetize anybody that had this kind of questionable content, right? So then there was a second adpocalypse uh, where um, 
there was a bunch of videos where they'd start these trends. So they'd go like, here's the, here's the uh, fruit pastille lolly trend. Where they'd get like a seven-year-old girl to eat a fruit pastille lolly. And you know, there's only one way to eat that. And then in the particularly provocative moments in the video, people would go into the comments and leave a time code for other people to find and be like, hand emoji, uh, aubergine emoji, squirt emoji, and then the, the time code. So the lads could go, go in handy and click on it and find the part. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that was on YouTube. So they found that shit, they, they got rid of another couple of, uh, like a few thousand um, accounts. Like it's, cr it's crazy what's going on, but it's suppression. It's tools using kids to create tools, to create an atmosphere of fear, an atmosphere of dissent, an atmosphere of opposition towards the stuff that we all talk about and see as normal. The likes of going, Jimmy Savile's a bad cunt, isn't he? And they're like, you can't say that. No. And don't talk about Epstein either. Like, how can you not talk about that in a negative way? And yet YouTube and these platforms are making that a reality. These are conspiracy facts. These are, it's not a conspiracy theory. If you find one piece of real evidence, it's no longer a theory. You just have to find the other stuff to expose it. Like, this is... This is real talk. I know I probably ended on a bummer with the kids stuff, but like, you know, uh, this is what we're talking about on our show. And it's a re-examination of history. The thing is, it's happening also, ticking so fast. You really have to be on it like a car bonnet all day, every day, looking up stuff on the internet, being on Twitter, following these people, retweeting these people, sharing this stuff, saving it. Get, get those apps like Pocket and stuff like that where you can click save on a website and it saves the content because that shit is getting deleted. Pocket, it's called. There's a few other ones as well. You press the button, it saves the whole content, pulls it into a, 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 like a cache and you can have it forever, right? Even using the Wayback Machine or, or the Internet Archive, you, it, there's loads of these websites you can't get. I have like 30,000 tabs in my, in my bookmarks from all the episodes that I've researched. Like 700 hours of content, 135 episodes, tens of thousands of bookmarks. Half of them don't work anymore. Nothing you can find about Sandy Hook. There's nothing you can find about 9-11 on the surface internet. Nothing. So I'm going to have to interview the people directly. I'm going to have to read the books, paper books. The lads were talking about going back to, going back to real, real stuff instead of staying in digital. Like, we, we have to start sharing this stuff, making a community, using stuff outside of Facebook and Twitter. Do you know? Um, talking to real people again. Make conversation great again. Let's do it. You gotta talk to each other, okay? You gotta share. You gotta distribute information, okay? Tremendous, tremendous, great, great, huge. Um, that's it. Thanks very much. Gordon Rochford, everyone. Dustin Spursy, guys. Wasn't he brilliant? Thanks. Jesus Christ. That's funny. Thank Give you. it up.